In today's show, it's time for another mock draft, a category league, nine category with 10 teams. Michael Bolton, don't know if he's going to be in the draft, but he's definitely going to be here watching. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me, as always, on Twitter at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. As I said, mock draft today, I'm going to be drafting with Matt Smith. So Matt's going to be on discussing discussing all of our picks, his picks, my picks, your picks in this 10-team, uh, nine-category league, mock, uh, yeah, nine-category head-to-head mock draft. Uh, we'll, we will have, for those of you asking, salary cap slash auction drafts. They will be coming. There will be deeper league drafts. They will be coming. There will be rotisserie drafts. They will be coming. So many more mock drafts. I, I've got at least five or six more planned. They're going to be on the channel. There might be even more than that, but uh, stay tuned. Tomorrow, we're going to do the last team preview show as well, Golden State Warriors, coming up tomorrow. Um, but guys, this might be a familiar problem to you. It's the situation where you've got one thing to watch your live sports. You watch your live shows, your on-demand shows in another spot. You've got your highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbors log in for something else. It's too much. Is this too much stuff going all over the place? I want to tell you about a simple way to get that entertainment that you love all in the one place without the hassle to get your TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together in one place like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no contract, no annual contract. Wow. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Check it out at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required and content varies by package all right so let's get ready for this mock draft and uh and bring in the man who is going to be mock drafting with me and that is of course the one and only matt smith matt smith welcome uh cool. welcome back to the show let's uh let's play a little music thing here ah, Smitty. welcome back Thank you, Josh. Good to be back on, and this time for a mock draft. Yes, mock draft. Uh, I don't know the last time that we did a mock draft live on the show together. I don't think it was last year. It's been a while. It has been a while. I can't remember either, and I haven't done a, a live draft so far this season. I've just done a, an offline draft, so this is going to be very interesting. We're doing a 10-team, nine-category league. Matt, you are picking at 10. I am picking at nine. So some pretty shitty spots for us there, but that's a bit of a challenge, and we're going back-to-back as well. So uh, just some interesting discussions that we can have around these players. Um, this is like the third mock draft that I've set up today because I screwed up the other two. and I try, try to set up a category league draft and then somehow it was points leagues on Yahoo and then I figured out too late and couldn't change the draft. Then I tried to do it on Fantrax and set the draft time in the past. So, you know, had to go for it a third time, but we are doing this one on Fantrax. Uh, we're a 10-team, nine-category league. We are picking at nine and 10. We've almost got the draft room full at the moment. We're waiting just for a couple of people to get in there to before we start this out. So it's been a bit of a mess from a technical side. So hopefully the actual broadcasting of this show and the draft itself 
goes off without a hitch. I'm just making sure to turn the noise off on the fan tracks draft because, Matt, we all know that that is like a, an absolute air raid siren. So uh, that's that's going off on my end. So you don't don't hear that. We are uh, we're prepared for this uh, draft. Um, what are you thinking about at, at pick ten? Like, how shit is that of, of a spot to be picking at? I mean, it's not great. I would have preferred a top five pick and you've stitched us up there by giving us pick nine and 10 so we can snipe each other all the way through the draft. Exactly. So I'm hoping that you go with a heavy punt strategy so you pick some of the players that I don't want or need. Um, but in terms of players, I mean, Bradley Beal and Paul George are the two sort of standouts there. If a Jason Tatum or Kevin Durant or maybe Luka Dontich fall, they'll definitely be in the mix as well. So we'll see how the first um, round plays out and take it from there. Yeah, so we'll get like a minute and a bit to go here. We may pause this broadcast as I wait for other people to jump in the draft. We're waiting on two people to arrive into this draft, and if necessary, we will uh, we'll pause that just to get them in. I don't want people auto drafting during this uh, during this draft. But um, yeah, I'm not sure there's going to be really any heavy punt guys there at, at number nine for me because I'm I'm imagining it's going to be a selection for me between Tatum, uh, Embiid, Beal. That'll be my my three guys that I'd be, I reckon, selecting from at that area, assuming the top eight goes as expected, but you never know. You might find someone that falls. I highly doubt it, but we will see. We will see how that goes. Now I'm just waiting for the bloke who's at number pick number two to come in. So we'll uh, we'll pause that if he's not there in the next 45 seconds. Jakey, who I believe was the almost the first guy to jump into this draft, and now he's the last one to arrive. So let's see. Now, I see Fantrax has adjusted their pre-draft order when they used to have Vooch at number four you can draft via uh, or the auto order is by ADP now so that's a little bit more than you're having I think Terry Rozier at 10 and Vooch at four is that the last uh, pre or the last uh, situation looked on fan tracks in their pre-draft ranking so you could have got stuck with a real stinker of a pick there at that point so uh, I'm just waiting here as we're ready to count down let's um Let's bring in the mock draft screen now so people can see what we're dealing with here as I get ready to pause this draft as I wait for Jakey to come in. And I think if he's not there here, we'll just... Um, all right, let's pause this draft. Pause that and I'll just go and get this guy uh, get this guy replaced because he hasn't turned up. Um, we'll be back in a sec. All right, we're in. We've got a full draft room now ready to go. Let's unpause this draft and let's kick things off. Ditty Kong is picking at number one. Um, I'll just tell people where we are, we are going. I'll type in that box. All right, so Ditty Kong at pick number one. Do you reckon there's going to be any draft where Jokic doesn't go at one? I wouldn't have thought so. And he's just gone off the board at one there. So standout number one player last year and it's I still think it's pretty difficult to make a case for anybody else to pick one this season. I know we've had discussions around James Harden, um, Steph Curry in particular, but for me, it's still Nikola Jokic at one. I'll say I won't be surprised if he doesn't finish the year at number one. I could see Harden, I could see, I could see Towns, I could see Curry, I could see probably not Durant, but I, I could see him falling back a little bit um, or someone you. Know, because at this time last year, Matt, or you know, before the season, Jokic wasn't no, nowhere even considered a top three guy. Like he, that wasn't a discussion, and he came out of nowhere to grab yeah. that number one spot. So it's no guarantee that he's going to do this again. There's no, there's no guarantees at all. And I think yeah, last season he was probably sort of that six to eight range, and then had a massive season. I mean, on a per game value, Kevin Durant could easily if Kyrie Irving gets injured or someone like that, but. Um, still waiting for pick two to happen. Here he's about to get timed out. I think he just jumped in, and then he got timed out. I know, Luke, Luke or at two. Nah, I got timed out. It was auto pick. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that. Aiden, what are you doing? You just jumped in. You were there, and you didn't make the pick. My guy. I know Aiden listens to every show. 
Uh, didn't make the selection. Anyway, he gets Luka Doncic. That's what happens if you screw up. Um, I hate Luka Doncic at number two in a category league. I know you love Luka, but you don't love him there, I'm guessing, Matt. No, I don't love him there. I would have taken James Harden, who just went at three. Um, Steph Curry is probably the other person there. And I know you like Giannis at three in a, in a head-to-head leg. Yeah, I don't mind taking Giannis anywhere in that top four zone. So, yeah, we got so we got Jokic, Doncic, Harden, Curry. Yeah, that Doncic one was a weird auto-draft. I think otherwise those picks have gone as expected. JS is here now ready for um, his or her selection. And they go with Carl Anthony Towns, which is totally fine, I think, at that area. So now got people dropping in and out. This is the way taking Yanni. There's everything sort of going as we expect at this point. I've got to get ready because it is coming up to my pick. Shout out to Jack, who's decided to name my team Hyperhydrosis after I put a contest out on the uh, on the Yahoo on the Yahoo on the YouTube uh, YouTube page for people to guess or to suggest team names for me. So I'm called Hyperhydrosis, and that is. Oh, turn that bastard off! You. Sorry, that might have been me. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! Ah. Uh... My God. All right. I think what happened is because the page refreshed, um, it automatically defaults back to uh, making your ears blow out. So let's go with let's go with Jace Tatum here at number nine. That's what I'm going to do. Yep, that's my pick. Now, Matt, you've got two. What are you going to do? Yeah, so a little bit Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum all off the board. So I think that's the pretty much the consensus top eight or nine. Um, as I mentioned off the top, Bradley Beal and um, Paul George are still available. So it'll be Bradley Beal. So lock him in there at the shooting guard. And then Joel Embiid's there, Trey Young, LeBron. Um, I'm just reading off the top of the franchise board, so LeBron won't, shouldn't go that early. But yeah, I think Paul George is probably the next best player. So we'll take uh, Bradley Beal and Paul George at the turn on a 10-team league. Yeah, it's a great get to get 10-11, Paul George and Bradley Beal. Um, now, my picks here... I think it has to be... I think I have to take Embiid at this spot. Like, on a per-game basis, he'll smash this number. It's just about whether he stays healthy, and I don't have too many worries about Tatum staying healthy. So let's just do it. Let's take Joel Embiid there. And uh, if it, if he plays 70-plus, that is... It's on a league-winning move, but it's not far off. Uh, but, yeah, the chance of that, of that happening may not be particularly high, Matt. No, I think that's the best pick there. And to pair here with Jason Tatum is a really nice duo. Um, minimal risk. Um, but yeah, plenty of upside, like you said, and Kyrie Irving, the next man off the board. Yeah, people shit on Kyrie all the time, and, and I hate the personal attacks on Kyrie. People know that about me, that I think it's just completely unfounded, but yeah, oh, I can't trust him. Matt, he was 11th in totals last season. Like he was, And and he missed however many games that he missed, 15 games or whatever. So the, the bloke's really good, and on some sites, he was like ESPN's got him ranked at 29th, which there is absolutely no explanation for unless you are in, in a points league. He's not as good, but in a category league, if you're letting him slide to the third round, I think you're drafting very, very badly. You are. And like you said, um, top 12 in total value, but at the end of the day in head to head legs, if he's not playing, he's not playing. So it doesn't hurt you, help you, um, which yeah, can be um, a big impact, especially in the final part of the season. Anthony Davis off the board at pick 14, um, so this is where it starts to get really interesting in that middle of the second round with a few point guards. Um, Trey Young, um, Fred Van Vliet is still there as well. Um, and Trey Young off the board at, at 15. 
Yeah, I don't. The Trey Young one's interesting. Obviously, he took a bit of a step back last year. At some point, given the the nature of the shooter that he is, Jimmy Butler goes next at number sixteen. The nature of the shooter is we expect Trey to actually start hitting his threes at a really high level. It just hasn't happened yet. We know how dangerous he is, but it's mainly because of volume and, and depth and the pull up nature and contested nature. But for fantasy, like he doesn't hit them at a high percentage. I think at some point that has to come around. It's very much the Devin Booker issue, Matt, where he, he's thought of as this great three point shooter, but he's never really had a great three point shooting season. So I think he it's has an, yeah. I still I still love um, Trey Young there in the early the second round. No, the elite points, the elite assists in particular, yeah. um, extremely difficult to find later on in drafts. Good free throw percentage as well. Um, um, I still love love Trey and think he's a really solid second round pick. Yeah, so do I. I I'm pretty look even despite where he's ranked last season, and I think if you and another reason why I just consistently will, will suggest, and you, I know you'll agree with this, mate. When you look at if you look at rankings and value with turnovers on, he was like fortieth last year. And that is a clear example of why you know valuing someone with turnovers on as a category is just going to lead you into real trouble. Because like, you're not you're not valuing Trey Young as the 40th best player. It just isn't realistic, and it isn't actually representative of what his contribution is to a fantasy basketball team. No, definitely not. And the same with Luka Doncic. I think he was a fair way down as well in nine cat leagues. So yep. please, whatever you're doing, turn off turnovers. So we're looking at eight category um, rankings. If you want to know why we still need. Turnovers as that ninth category. I wrote an article about that on basketballmonster.com um, a few weeks back um, about why I still think turnovers is the best ninth category we have. But in terms of rankings and projections, please use eight category. Yep, exactly. Um, let's see. So after Jimmy Butler at 16, we went to Fred Van Vliet at 17, which I love. Zion at 18. Nikola Vucevic at 19, and then DeMontis Sabonis wraps it up at number 20. There's nothing really super controversial here. I think some people will look at Zion and go, that's too high. But again, if you don't worry about his free throws, it's it's yeah, it's great because like, everything else is really good. The high field goals percentage, the high points, which is super hard to get later on. Um, yeah, those two categories alone, you put Zion right up there. He is a little bit you know, lacking in some other areas, but I think his assists are going to go up this year. So do you have a problem with Zion in round two? Yes, I do. Um, I, st- I think you are... Uh giving up um, overall value. I think Nikola Vucevic, Sabonis, um, Shea. I mean, Bam's still on the board. I definitely would have taken Bam over Zion. Um, as you know, I hate punting and punting strategy. So I think, yeah, taking Zion there for a massive increase in field goal percentage and he's basically a, a two-cap player, um, I think that could lead some teams into a difficult situation. If you don't know how to manage it, yeah, yeah. Look, if you put yourself into that wrong spot or, or you don't know what you're doing with that, then it can be a problem. But I think if you're switched on, you're getting a, especially if you compare a Zion with Yanni from the first round. Like I think that sets you up pretty nicely because both of those guys get you above average assists for that position too, which I think is something that's really key if you are looking at a punt free throw. I think you've got to be able to get that above average assist numbers in. Otherwise, you're going to lead yourself down a track where you're just missing a bunch of um, a bunch of stats that you might be needing later on that can be hard to find. But those two guys, you know, they, should, they could average five assists each, maybe six for Giannis. And I think that's, that's a decent start in that area. Whereas if you're you know, basing your team around a Rigo Bear in that area, like you, you're lacking a lot of different uh, a lot of different stats there. Do you see that Bam Adebayo has fallen to 23? Um, I really like him in the middle of the second round. So I think that's some excellent value there. Rudy Gobert's just gone off the board as well. Um, Josh, we're coming up to your second bit. Talk us through some of the players that you're eyeing off here. To be honest, I've just been talking about what's been happening and I haven't even looked at what I'm going to be doing, but let's let's go into it now. Um, okay, so I think what I'm going to... I think I'm going to need... Hmm. 
<laughs> it's your pick now, by the way. Shit. All right, so we're, we're, we're on here. Um, all right, so who just went? Donovan, LaMelo Ball, Donovan Mitchell, Zach Lee. Well, they're the three guys that are actually at the top of my list, so we're not going to be taking them quite obviously. This is where things get difficult. I think what I'm going to do is... Yeah, let's do this. Maybe it's a bit of a reach at pick 29. Don't do it. Let's go with Maga Porter Jr. Okay, that'll do. Um, all right, so I'm very interested to see what you wanted to uh, what you wanted to do, or you didn't want me to do with that pick. So, what are you gonna? What are you thinking? Okay, so I've got Bill and George. I still would really like an elite point guard with some strong assists. Um, I know who I want now. I don't know who I want with my second pick. So I'm just going to take a little bit of time to see who's still available. Actually, I know who I'm going to pick now. Um, I thought you were going to take the Aaron Fox. I, um, I was going to. I was, I was debating it. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Aaron Fox at pick 30. Um, maybe slightly early, but he's not going to come back to me at pick 50 or whatever my next pick is. No, he is not. Um, the next pick is probably need to start looking at some big man stats and... I think there's probably one player here. I'm just going to scroll down to make sure I haven't missed anybody. But the one player, I think, who will help me build on on the categories and the all-round team that I'm building um, is going to be DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I think that's about the right spot for Ayton. Where are we at? 31. It's a big step up from where he was last season, but I think we all expect him to be better than he was last season, at least to some degree. Um, what do I need to do with my team now? I've got no guards. So I need to get one of those. Maybe we get, yeah, let's do that. Let's get your mate, Devin Booker, and go back-to-back sons mm-hmm. at that spot. Get myself a guard. Um, again, Booker was pretty disappointing last year, but we are not banking on Chris Paul missing two games, which is what he did last season. So that will give a bit of a boost to Booker. And again, he's not coming back to me at the next spot and just getting some really high elite level scoring um, to really help. Yeah, obviously, I've got good scorers already, but... You can't get good scorers later. So if you build yourself up with a big, big amount of scoring early, then you can focus on some other areas later on because you can't find 25-point-per-game scorers at pick 60. Yeah, and not only do you have good scoring, but incredible efficiency there as well with Booker, Tatum, um, Michael Porter, and Joel Embiid. So, I mean, now, Josh, you've got a really nice foundation in both field goal and free throw, um, and you can start to maybe take a little bit of hit in those categories and build around some of the counting stats as you work throughout the draft. Yeah, well, my team's free throws at the moment are projecting to over 85% on pretty high volume, so I can afford to take some yeah, some guys who shoot 70, 71%. If there's one of those guys that I want to get in there um, to help boost my blocks or something like that, then I, I can afford to do that now um, because I've built up this big foundation because yeah, points and free throws and, and high volume free throw guys is what you need early on. Um, just recapping the next two picks, Chris Paul went, so we went three sons in a row. Wow. Don't know how often that'll happen. And then Brandon Ingram goes at pick number 34. Really hard to debate yeah, really the merits of many of these picks in terms of like, oh, that's a shit pick. Like, what are you doing? Everything feels like it's pretty much on track at the moment, Matt. Yeah, it does. So we're up to pick 35. Um, still some really nice value on the board. Jalen Brown, Chris Middleton, yeah, um, Brent- Drew, Holl- Drew Holiday there as well. So plenty to choose from. Brown's an interesting one here. I think he should start to go in the next two, three picks, I would say. Like I'd be, I wouldn't be letting him if I was any of these blokes fall outside the top forty. And there goes um, OG Ananobi, which Matt, we we stress this a lot. There goes Jalen at thirty six. We stress this a lot with OGs. Like the value's there. We think he's going to get some usage, but it's so dependent on steals. 
And if they drop by 0.2 or 0.3, then 20 spots go off his ranking number. So I probably wouldn't have... I love OG. I think he's great. I wouldn't have taken him there. I wouldn't have taken him there either. I would have taken, yeah, Brown, Holiday, um, Chris Middleton, probably those three in particular are the standout players left on the board. I would have taken those three over OG as well. Um, Anthony Edwards off the board at 37. Probably, so a, little, like probably a little early. Yeah. I, I would have got him next round though. I, I wouldn't have let him get... I, w- I won't let him get outside the top 50 in most spots, but that's probably a bit early. But I don't... I'm not completely against Goose going at, at that spot. It's it's just... It feels a little... Again, with the guys on the board, um, you know, we can say Jalen's gone now, so that's fine. But you know, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, these guys are, are still around, and I think I would have preferred uh, preferred those players to... um. To taking him, I've got a question for you. You know I love throwing random things at you, Matt. Over the second half of last season, Draymond Green ranked where? Um, I know it was high because I read your article, Josh, which is always a good thing to do. Was it like top 20 or top 25? Let's say over the last 39 games, so basically the last half of last season, he was the 17th ranked player in fantasy in category leagues. And that's like that. It's a pretty good effort um, because they started playing him more at center because you know, Wiseman went down. They also realized that Draymond's a much better center than what James Wiseman is. But that, that's ridiculous. Now, you don't have to draft him anywhere near there. He's pushing to 50s and 60s in some spots, in some drafts. Um, I don't expect him to do what he did the second half of last year, but he did what he did, and he was really good for 40 games. And he started last season with COVID and an injury and was really slow for the first 10 to 15 games and then absolutely fired up. So... Um, Interesting. Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons goes there. How are you avoiding Simmons? I am, and I was just going to say. Speaking of ridiculous, picking Ben Simmons at thirty-nine is way too early for a number of reasons. Particularly, Chris Middleton is still on the board. I'm not sure what he's done wrong. Drew Holiday yeah, that's has just come off late. the board at pick forty. Um, yeah, I, I don't get that pick at all. The Simmons one. I, I think, and I've said this a lot of times, I, I don't know what team he goes to that it's a worse situation than where he currently is. Like, I, I don't really see where that situation is. So we expect... Like, he, he had three top 20 fantasy seasons in a row uh, for points leagues, and, and I think for category leagues, it was close enough to that anyway, especially if you're punting free throws. But I guess the problem you have is, does he actually sit out time to begin the season? I guess I, I don't think that's going to happen, but it is a possibility. Um, and I think you could have waited another round to get... Simmons there, but I don't I don't see any situation that he's traded to that's worse than where he currently is, Matt. Golden State Warriors. Is that worse? That's not a good fit, surely. I yeah, maybe yeah, maybe. Maybe it's worse. Yeah, I, yeah, the, the Green Simmons combination maybe doesn't work particularly. I, I don't think the Warriors are really in on that at all. Um but yeah, maybe that is one. Um okay, so Drew Holiday goes at 40. Clint Capella goes at 41. Capella was amazing last season. Really, really strong. Um, let's see what uh, Aiden's doing here. Aiden, he's already let one auto draft and he's letting that one draft wide out. Christian Wood, do you like... Okay, well, let's let's talk about this as we wait for my pick. John Wall News out of Houston. You know, what, what's, yeah, my thoughts are that, you know, obviously Green, Porter, Wood, Tate all get significant boosts. How, mm-hmm. how far do you think that boosts those guys up? Um... So I do like Kevin Porter Jr. now. He was one who I was a little bit um, not sure about. But yeah, let's be honest, he, he wasn't good when he played with John Wall last season. He, he couldn't find his groove. Like he didn't know what to do really playing off John Wall. And now that's the problem. He didn't, but he has been out of the league for a while. So maybe that was a bit of rust in getting yeah, used possibly. to him, getting back into, back into shape and into the NBA system as well. 
Um, I mean, his projections come out really nicely apart from the efficiency. So I think that bumps him up a couple of rounds. I might have no problem taking Christian Wood now in that sort of 40 range. I think that's about fair. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's spread, you know, across the, the five or six players with the Rockets. They all get a little bit of a bump, no one player in particular. Yeah, I, I think that all, they're all getting. I think, you know, your Tate gets a 20-spot bump and Green probably gets a similar one and Porter probably gets a 20-30-spot bump and Wood maybe gets like a 10-spot bump. All those sort of guys um, just move up with the absence of Johnny Wall. Just recapping the last few picks. After Christian Wood, it was Tobias Harris at number 43. Chris Middleton finally at 44. I believe he was the 30th ranked player last year. I guess some people are factoring in Olympic fatigue there. Johnny Collins goes at 45, probably a little bit early for me, and Rashawn Holmes at 46. Now, Dame Timer said wow in the chat. Do you reckon he's saying wow for Holmes going that early or Collins going that early? Um, I think probably Collins going that early. I'd have no issue with Rashawn Holmes going in this area. A couple of other strong centers on the board who I'm eyeing off. But I think, yeah, that was in relation to John Collins, who probably should fall outside of the top 50. Yeah, I think so too. Oh, Jaron Jackson goes off the board now. It's coming up to my pick now. So I'm just going to hunker down and have a think about what I'm going to do here. Do I... Oh, I don't know how ballsy I want to go with my pick. Hmm. How ballsy do we get here? This is... What type of player are you looking for? I think I want a center. Okay. Just I know I've got Embiid as a center, but I want to get a second one in here. Um, I'm just wondering how like aggressive we get with it. You know, what? let's go let's. On. I'm not going to play the ADP game or anything like that. I'm going to just go. Screw you guys. Do I do it? Oh man, it's tough. <laughs> let's scroll down this list. It's only a mock draft, Josh, come on. Let's do it. All right, let's go. Yusuf Nurkic off the board to me at 49. I think he can beat that number pretty easily. And 49's not spending a huge amount for for Nurk. No, uh, perfect. He was a player who I was eyeing off as well. So we're up to pick 50. Um, So I've got Fox, Bill, Paul George, DeAndre Ayton. Hmm. Looking for maybe to fill out another garden. Definitely need another big. I am going to take Deontay Murray is interesting. And people ask a question all the time is, can we have players or two or three players who are on the same team? And my answer is definitely yes, no issue with that at all. So I'm going to take Tyrese Halliburton um, to round out a guard slot. And the fact that I've got Fox and Halliburton doesn't concern me at all. Shouldn't concern anyone. Okay, uh, okay, so if you've got five guys from one team, maybe, but... Two, three. I got no problem with it. Like it doesn't. It doesn't mean. It doesn't mean the negative things that people think that it means. No, it doesn't. Okay, the next player. I'm going to need some elite blocks. I think to help out DeAndre Ayton. Don't, don't round don't round do five is about right for this guy. Josh, don't I reckon. do not do it. I'm going to do it, and that is Robert Williams. Fuck you! Oh <laughs> fuck! All right. Um, I, if you didn't know, I, I I did want to get Robert Williams there, just in case you couldn't tell by that reaction. I did want Rob. Um, oh, that is shit. Um, 
Oh, man. So right. Jonas Valanciunas was another choice there, but I think for me, him and DeAndre Ayton are just a little bit too similar. Just need someone to, like I said, provide me a few more defensive stats. I think my scoring is pretty good early, so I can maybe take that impact um, with Robert Williams. Um, Deontay Murray is still on the board. Actually, Kristaps Porzingis is now fallen to 52. Yeah, he's, um, he's not off the board yet, but I'll Josh is an option there as well. DeMar DeRozan is still there. Lonzo Ball. Porzingis is not falling past 52 because that was my backup option. So there he goes. Porzingis off the board at 52. And that is, uh, he's helping my blocks there, obviously, but uh, giving me a bit of a boost in threes as well. I wanted Williams because I wanted to get my field goal percentage up a little bit higher. But uh, unfortunately, that was uh, taken from me. But we'll look at we'll look at some uh, someone else later on in that spot that I've got, got a, a backup there. Now, I, I do need guards. As people can see, I'm going pretty big heavy at this point. Um, but that's fine. I'll, I'll, I've got some guards later on that I'm going to be looking at in this draft. So yeah, that's uh, that was annoying. For you. That, when, I, when I was talking about Nurkic before and I was saying, yeah, do I reach for it? I was Nurkic or Rob Williams. They were my two options there. And I went, all right, I don't think Matt's going to take Rob Williams. I think he might be a little bit worried about his free throw percentage. He might let him fall. But no, you, you screwed me. You, you screwed me. And that's fine. And, and if you'd take, if you taken Rob Williams, I probably would have taken Nurkic as well. And as long as they're both fit and healthy, I don't think it's going to matter. Nah, I don't, I don't think so. I would like to get both of them. But uh, yeah, I'm happy, happy with that uh, pick. All right, so after uh, I took Porzingis, we got um, Nam the Man goes with Alonzo Ball. Which, uh, he says it's a bit of a panic pick. At 53, I don't, there's nothing wrong with Alonzo Ball at 53. I think it's pretty good. And then DeJounte goes at 54. And there's really hard to criticize most of these picks. Um, Matt, everyone's been pretty on with most of them. I think we missed Miles Turner going at 48 there as well, but yeah, nothing really wrong with, with any of those selections, to be honest. I think they're all, uh, all working out pretty well for people. Yep, no, I'm, I'm liking the way this draft is going, and it's um, pretty similar to some of the other mocks and pretty similar to how I think a really competitive league would look. Yeah, it's, yep, exactly. This is, it is, it's only a mock, of course, but it is uh, looking pretty competitive. I reckon it might be time for me to throw in, uh, throw in a word from my sponsors because... They need to they need to be heard from. Um, guys, the best tasting protein bar ever. It is Built Bar because they've got the amazing flavors right across the board on Built Bar. Raspberry, strawberry, caramel, salted caramel, cookies and cream. Whatever your favorite flavor is, I'm sure Built Bar is going to have that there for you. So go and get yourself a box of your favorite flavors. And while you're doing that, they're a delicious treat, but they're also healthy. 130 to 180 calories. 17 to 18 grams of protein, four to five grams of net carbs, and four to five grams of sugar per bar. These are the bars that are serving those dual functions of being good for you and also being delicious. So get a built bar, get a box, and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can save 15% off. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you can save 15%. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, who went off the board there? Pascal? Oh, okay. Well, um, my guy is Derek White. Oh, Jesus. CJ McCollum. Um, yeah, that's fine. It's probably a little early for me with CJ. Pascal Siakam. Um, hate going him that early with the injury, but I think on a per-game basis, he'll beat that. And then Karis Levert goes at 58. What's your thought on Siakam, who's probably going to miss at least the first month of the season? I would be looking... Now, in my last mock, he fell to like 91 or something, and I got him there. I, I think 57 is a little bit too high for me. Yep, I agree. I'd... I'd ideally like to get him probably in that 80 to 100 range. I don't think it's going to happen, as we've just seen there. Um, but that doesn't concern me at all. Just leaves other players on the board who um, we can snap up soon. Yep, uh, exactly. Let's. So where are we at here? Jarmorant goes at 59. Not sure. I'm, uh, yeah, look, oh, 59 is not bad. You are banking on, obviously, like a 60-spot increase from where he was last season. I think he's going to increase a fair bit, but I'm not... 
I think I'll end up with Ja Moran on zero teams this year just because he'll end up getting drafted ahead of where I want to in most cases, Matt. Yep, and I tend to agree. I think people might look at him um, early in particular for those lead assists and maybe the name value and the flashy value and you see him on the highlight reel and he looks really good, but we do know that his fantasy game does have a few holes and he needs to um, work on those and steals and threes in particular for a guard. So, um, yeah, I think... There's probably a couple of other guards on the board who I would have taken before Jamarant, and we'll see if they come off the board soon. And there's one, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I probably would take D'Angelo. D'Angelo's got that problem with his knee, which has been like a an ongoing thing for him. Um, if D'Angelo Russell was to head to Philadelphia in a trade for Ben Simmons, do you think that helps his value? Hmm. Helps his value. I don't know if it... I think it does, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, then what he's got Harris, Embiid, passing to what versus Towns and Edwards. Towns and Edwards. All right, so yeah, Embiid's pretty high usage, but Towns and Edwards, I think, are better ball handlers than what Embiid and Harris are, and they're going to have more of that, you know, of assists and creating than what Embiid and Toby do. So he's going to have that little bit of bump in playmaking, and I think usage-wise. Edwards, and you throw Malik Beasley in there as well. Well, Beasley maybe comes across in the trade. Who knows? But um, I think that that usage is actually maybe it could be actually a smidge higher for him in Philadelphia because yeah, Harris can slot into a, a, a lower role, whereas Edwards and Towns are going to be pushing way up. I think. Yeah, potentially. But then, yeah, what does that do for his field goal? I mean, if that if that comes up into the mid forties, then yeah. But I think for Russell, it's just about staying healthy and get, getting some continuity um, in his game and in his body. Jonas Valanciunas at 62 um, or 61, Gordon Hayward at 62. Um, I like, really like Jonas Valanciunas there. Like I said, I've, I considered him with my previous pick in just in the early 50s. My, my um, worry with my worry with JV is when I was talking to Jake Madison of Locked On Pelicans, he was like, I'm not sure that he plays like more than 25 a night. And if he doesn't, then that, that is a risk. Now, he, he can still do this in 25 a night because they're going to see a lot of Zion at center. And you're going to see a lot of them trying to get Jackson Hayes in there too. So I'm a little, and because Valanciunas isn't expiring, is not a part of their future necessarily at this point. They want Hayes to be that guy that he doesn't think that they're going to push him to the 28, 29, 30 that he played last season, which is a little bit of a worry, I think. Yeah, that is definitely a concern. Darius Garland just went to pick 63, really like him. And he's one who I would have definitely would have taken um, above Jamarant. Yeah, I think I would have as well. He was better than him last season. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think I would have too. Just, yeah, Morant's scoring assists, great, but low volume threes, low volume steals, poor rebounder, poor free throw shooter, poor field goal shooter. This is too many negatives and they can, they can all improve, but expecting them all to improve at once is probably where the, the problem is. Um, Malcolm Brogdon and then Mikhail Bridges goes there. I think that's probably the right spot for both those guys. A lot of people will reach inside the top 50, top 40 for Brogdon, especially given the TJ Warren news. And you want to talk, yeah, a guy that gets injured quite a bit, Brogdon's one of those. I'm just not, under Rick Carlisle especially, I just don't know how he's going to, um, how it's going to fit as long as a full season of Karis LeVert, the slowdown of pace on that team. I'm probably thinking that he's going to be worse than he was last season, Brogo. Yeah, I think so as well. And um, the lack of steals and defensive numbers in particular really drag his overall value down. We're sitting at pick 66. We're coming up to your next pick soon, Josh. Um, yeah, what else are you eyeing off here? Well, we talked about it earlier, the guy that was top 20 for the last half of the season. Draymond Green's still sitting there and we're at pick 66. Now, I don't know if he necessarily fits what I want to do because I probably do want to get a guard. But 
why is he still there? Like that's it's it's pretty crazy to me that he is falling this far. I, I think I do want a guard here. So I'm looking at probably probably DeMar DeRozan. Um uh, wouldn't my wouldn't wouldn't be you know, out of the realms of my possibilities to consider Kemba or Kyle Lowry there. Um do I look at or oh, maybe this yeah, maybe ooh. Hmm. You love your scoring and points, don't you? Um, unless I'm punting it, you just got to get it early. Like you, you just have to get it early, and that's why I'm going to consider this guy because after these guys, it's so like not only do you not you can't get high scoring players, you can't get average scoring players. Like they start ending up averaging eleven points, twelve points when an average guy is seventeen, and that's why I'm going to go with this pick, the guy that's sitting at the top of that draft queue, and he is a guard, and it's Colin Sexton because he could average twenty four very easily. And I think he fits what I'm trying to do. I'm not really focusing on assists too much. So uh, Colin Sexton comes to me there. Probably should have gone with a, a DeRozan, but I'm not really sure. He might just take a complete you know, usage backseat in Chicago, which I'm not sure about. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm probably going to take DeRozan. I just want to talk about pick 67, which was Isaiah Stewart. I reckon that was awesome value there. I was would have loved to, um, for him to fall to me at 70 and have Isaiah Stewart and Robin Williams that's going to really give you a strong foundation in, in blocks and field goal percentage. Um, but I think at pick 70, DeMar DeRozan is just um, yeah too much value there to turn down, so I I'll take him. tend to agree with that. I probably should have taken him, to be honest, and then hope that... Would Sexton have come back to me at, at whatever it was, 72? Probably. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, didn't <laughs> um, Yeah, this next pick is... A tough one. I do like Draymond Green. I do like Kyle Lowry as well there. Um, hmm. Is there anyone I'm missing? I just want to make sure there's no one obvious on the board who I haven't overlooked. I can't believe Draymond's fallen this far. Like, he doesn't really fit what I'm doing, but Jesus Christ, like, this is... I know he's ranked 72 on fan tracks, and maybe he doesn't fit what you're trying to do either, but Jesus, the guy's good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna to have to gonna to have to take him. Um, looking Draymond Green, power forward, Demar Derozan. Um, so maybe they they complement each other a little bit there. Demar Derozan's scoring, um, you know, makes up for what Draymond Green. Draymond Green's steals lack up for what Demar Derozan doesn't give you either. So I don't mind that that pairing. No, look, I think you should be pretty happy with that pairing. Um, hmm. What am I going to do here? I think... This right. is a really tough area to it draft, is. I reckon. There's there's no real standouts. I I don't want to take a big hit in my field goal. So Kemba Walker was going to be my pick, but I'm not going to go that way. I think Kyle Lowry can be less, in, ne- less negatively impactful and I need to get another guard. So let's just take Kyle Lowry there. Um, I don't love it. I don't, I'm not feeling particularly good about that selection, but you know, I was sort of up in the air about what I wanted to do there. And I'm, yeah, look, I'm not, not 100% sure with that, but Kemba was my other option. But I think Lowry at 72, like, let's be honest, Lowry could easily be a top 40 guy. He probably won't be, much like Draymond could be a top 30 guy. They probably won't be, but they could easily be that. And you're feeling pretty safe that this is probably floor value for them too. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, really tough area, this sort of... This is, this is an interesting one to me, Matt. Just sorry to interrupt. 73 is Jeremy Grant. I don't know that I love it. I don't love it at all. I think, I mean, Buddy Hill is is still sitting there. Um, Kevin Porter is in play here. Well, 
he I'm hoping he falls to meet my next pick, but he was one I was going to mention as well. I think this is the perfect time for Kevin Porter, particularly if you need oh, some assist. Um, Bogdanovich and Pertle, they were the next two guys that I wanted. <sighs> Bogdanovich, Jakob Pertle at 75. Yeah, I was hoping to get him back at we, whatever my next and pick we mentioned is. This, yeah, we mentioned this with the tears as well, that big drop-off in in um, bigs as well. So going from, you know, like your Robert Williams, Yusuf Nurkic area, down to Isaiah Stewart, and then down to Jakob Pertl, just a massive drop-off. So make sure you get a big or two in that 45 to 60 range. Yeah, that's why I wanted to get that. Yeah, Nurkic Williams combination ended up with Nurkic Porzingis there because yeah, I was hoping to get Pirtle back at my next pick, which is like eighty nine, I think. That was where I was hoping he would uh, he would fall, but no, someone's really jumped ahead and they've thought, shit, I need a center and there's not much left. And then you're left with like taking flyers on or maybe Jarrett Allen or you're looking at a last pick of a James Wiseman perhaps. So it, it does fall off pretty simple. Well, there goes Allen now anyway at 76, which is too early for me, but this is the, this is the center squeeze, Matt. If you don't get it, like you got to reach for these guys because otherwise you go, shit, I've got to get a center. And if I, I don't know what JS's team is like, if I bring it up on the screen, maybe we'll have a look. Oh, he had Towns go bear and Allen. So he's just loading up on yeah. bigs there. Yeah, he probably could have waited. That's too early for me for um uh, for Allen. It is. You're breaking up a little bit there, Josh. So I'm not 100 percent sure what you you said, but I know you mentioned Jarrett Allen, and that was what I was talking about. I mean, then you start to panic and shit, think, shit, I do need the centre. Who's the next one on the board? And it's probably is Jarrett Allen. But instead of getting him at 100, you're trying to you have to take him inside the top 80. So that's why you really need to get a, a couple of really good bigs um, early on. Uh, yes, that, that is exactly what I was saying, Matt. So thank you for reading my mind despite not being able to hear me. Um, all right, it's time for me to tell you that football season is back and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, interface even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget, use that promo code NFL100. Football, basketball, boxing, and right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so which picks did I miss out on there? After Jarrett Allen, it was Kemba Walker, Andy Wiggins, and then Kevin Porter, which is a uh, it was an auto pick uh, pick there for Jake Goo, which is actually Aiden. Don't know why he auto picked again, but I think he must have had a Q set because that is a pretty strong pick to get Porter there. And then Boucher, who is a guy that I've seen people Matt go like, oh, we want to take him inside the top fifty. He could get there, but he's going to need twenty seven minutes a night regularly to do it, and I don't believe he will do that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So I don't think there's any chance that Chris um, Boucher or Boucher will be inside the top 50. Kevin Porter at pick 80 or 79, 80. Um, perfect spot to grab him right there. The thing that I think that we... yeah, It, it does appear that it, this is going to happen. I think it's on October 1st, I believe, that the rumor is that the Mavericks and the Raptors will be executing a deal that sends Moses Brown... Uh, along with, I think, maybe Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson for Goran Dragic to Toronto because that's the first time that the first date that Brown's deal can be aggregated with other players after he was traded in the offseason. So just that that's the rumor that Raptors people are, are expecting to happen and Mavericks people as well, that they're just assuming that this is a done deal. So just watch for that one, that another center like Moses Brown could be headed to Toronto in that scenario. Not to say that it's happened, but that is the expectation around people that I've spoken to. 
Interesting. RJ Barrett off the board at 81. What do you Not think of sure RJ Barrett at 81? Yeah. Does, does yeah, that make a lot of sense? I don't like that pick. Uh, um, obviously, Kimber Walker and Evan Fournier coming over there into the New York. Um, yeah. Oh, Marcus Smart. He was the one that I was hoping would fall a little bit further, but a pick 82. Um, really like that pick as well. Yeah, that's a really, really strong selection um, to get Marcus Smart in that area. Now, I'm... Yeah, the center problem is a real issue here for me when coming up to my pick, which we are a few picks away from. I don't know exactly what I'm going to... Ooh, am I going to have to do that? This is where it gets, becomes a problem. Um, I might have to do that, and that is risky. And once again, you can see, like, in a, in a league where everyone's switched on and know what they're doing, people are having to reach, you know, mm. maybe a round or a round and a half early, and, you know, yeah... Kemba Walker, Jarrett Allen, um, Kevin Porter, Marcus Smart, Alexander Walker went off the board at 85. Maybe in in a uh, in another league you can get him outside the hundred, but now he's he's going early just because people want these guys. And the board does look quite bare. There's no standout player, so I don't have a problem with these guys reaching for guys they want. Yeah, and it's also important. John Isaac goes there at 86. It's important to note that people will be like, oh, "I have to get this guy in a draft," but you got to be really, you got to be flexible. You got to be you know, pretty nimble because if this these guys start getting you know, picked early, and you go, "Well, I've only got this small group of guys that I really have to get," then you end up you know, eliminating value of those guys. You've got to be under, understand who every player is and what value every player has and finding the guys that slip through the cracks rather than being focused on these are the guys I absolutely must have because if you've got five guys you must have in the last you know, 10 rounds and then four of them all go in one round and then you reach for a guy and you get him 30 spots ahead of where you would have hoped to have gotten him then the value is gone and just saying well I've got that guy he's going to be the breakout but did you actually get any value off it you've got to understand everyone and where they sit and what their value is and looking for the guys that, that fall through those cracks rather than being hyper focused on certain players like some people might be with Alexander Walker. And I don't hate that pick of Nikhil Alexander-Walker at 83. I think it's totally fine. But some people will go and go, well, I've got to get Alexander Walker. He's a big breakout guy. And uh, he's my last guy left on the list. So I've got to get him now because he might not come back to me at, he might not be there at 100. And I'll generally say that there's risk associated with getting him there. But if he doesn't, if you don't get him, it's not the end of the world. There are there are other NBA players who you can get in that spot, and that's not to say that this what this guy's doing at Alexander with Alexander Walker. But you've got to understand that there's value for everybody at the right spot and with the, in the right situation. Now it is my pick, Matt. You can talk about whatever I was ranting about as I work out what I'm going to do. Yeah, so Norm Powell went to 88, Buddy Hield at 87, Jonathan Isaac at 86. Um, as you said, Josh, you're on the board now. I'm next. I've got four or five players in my queue once again. Still don't love anybody in this range. Um, plenty of different types of players, but um, yeah, really difficult selections coming up. All right, let's... Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I don't like this pick, but let's do it. Mitch Robinson. Um, I just needed some field goal percentage and I needed some blocks and he was one of the guys that was on the board there for me. Um, I don't love it, but oh, Jesus I just needed those numbers. And we talk about centers falling off. He could be shithouse this year. I got no idea. But I needed to uh I needed to take that um that risk with him there, I think. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. I bloody hope so. All right, your pick. Jeez. This is getting ugly. Um it's, it's not it's not an easy draft. It's not. It's a really good draft on it's making us work. Um, lucky you used your sweat block this morning, Josh. That's all I can say. Ah, uh, exactly. 
I I don't love this pick, but I think at pick 90, I'm going to play a bit of a long-term game here and take Jalen Green. No, I like um, it. I like it. I think, once again, maybe a slow start, but should get plenty of minutes with the Rockets. And like I said, thinking a bit longer term, I've got enough top-end talent who I think can carry me early on. The next pick, I'm probably just going to play a little bit safe. Um, one guy who won't jump up into the, probably the top 60 or 70, but I don't think he will fall too far out the top 100. Still a bit of a question mark around his role um, and how many minutes, but hopefully um, an increased season, and that's PJ Washington. Oh. Oh. All right, well, I guess that forces my hand then because I had two guys that I was going to go for, and you took one of them. All right, so I went risky with Mitchell Robinson. So I just, so I just completely lean in and go screw this shit. Like if this pays off, then I'm, I'm really fired up. I think that's what I'm going to do. It might be ugly, um, but I'm just going to trust what I think. Uh, it, it might not work. Huh. Now I've just got to find this guy in this list without typing his name out because I can't be bothered. No, you know what? I'm going to have to type it out. People watching this can see it happening in real time. Let's take Daniel Gafford, and Ooh. let's just hope. I just, I just want, I want to get my block sorted because if he plays twenty five a night, much like if Mitchell Robinson you know, gets his um, foul rate and block rate under control, if Daniel Gafford plays twenty five a night, they're two big ifs, but they're both guys who can push into the top sixty. I think now I, Gafford might be out of the rotation if Wes Unseld's a, a dickhead, but he could be a dickhead. I don't know what he's like as a coach. So there's oh shit, yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it, but I've done it. Tell me how bad it is, Matt. I I don't mind it. I do want to just I'm just looking at your team and so we've got you've got Colin Sexton, Booker, Larry Tatum, Michael Ball, Zingbead, Nurkic as as your core. Do you have any now reservations looking back or regrets about having maybe Embiid, Porzingis in terms of injury and then throwing Kyle Larry on top of that as well? Yeah, it's it's a problem for sure. Um and I've got Porter there as well. I it is a risk. And But I think I've got to look at it this way. When I'm picking at pick nine where I am, like it's not a great spot in the first round. I think you've got to take more of those risks because I, I, at, at pick, you know, what would I pick Tatum at nine? But you're know, getting him beat in that second round. You don't have that that guaranteed sort of stud. Uh, like Tatum might not even be a top 10 player. Like I, I don't know. We expect him to be, but he might not be. He hasn't been in the past. He hasn't have, doesn't have a proven track record. I think you've got to take... Roll some dice when you're dealt that sort of a position. Um, it, it is it is a risk. There's no doubt about it. But also, if it pays off and we get seventy plus from Embiid and Porzingis, then I think that pushes me way up the top of the standings. Yeah, definitely. And I still do like that core, and that's why then you can take a bit more of a risk on Mitch Robinson and Daniel Gafford, and hope that one really hits. Um, and I mean that's the difference from being, you know, maybe third or fourth in a ten team league to being first or second. Yeah, exactly, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to win here, and hopefully it it pans out for me. Obviously, need to get a guard or so here for the bench. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do exactly with that, but um, some other picks off the board after Gafford went Mobley and Suggs. I would have taken Suggs ahead of Mobley, but that's fine. Spencer Dinwiddie, Evan Fournier, and Devonte Graham, followed by DeAndre Hunter. Like no real no real problems with any of those picks, to be honest. They're all in that zone, and I can't look at that and go, that's horrendous. Uh, I don't love the Clay Thompson pick. I would not draft him at all. Would you? Um, probably not. If I was, you'd want at least two IR spots, maybe even three. But 
the pick 100, you're going to be waiting a good probably two to three months for Clay to come back. Um, I haven't had a look at Jake's team to see what else he's done around that, but maybe he feels really confident with the players he's built early and that he can hang on to Clay and, um, yeah, really start to plan for the second half of the season. Yeah, this league I did set up with three injured spots, Just, but you know that, that's beside the point. If you've got one injured spot, I don't think you can take him. If you've got multiple, yeah, but I wouldn't do it until the last round, to be honest. Um, I, I just, again, you're two months from him returning to action, two and a half months from him returning to action, and then he's going to be limited. He's probably going to miss back-to-backs all season. What do you get, 40 games out of him this season? And how good are those games going to be? I just, I just don't think it's worth it at that spot. Again, you could convince me for round 13. At round uh, 10, I don't think so. Um, what are we up to? Pick 102, Wendell Carter Jr. Um, has just been selected. He's one who I just added to my queue, so I like that pick there. Um, Miles Bridges was the other one who... Yeah, I like um, that Miles one. The board. I would have had Miles. Uh, Miles was in my queue yeah. to go. I just want to talk to you again about the, the Raptors situation. So if they do trade... Um, Dragic to the Mavs and get back Jalen Brunson. How then do they work Brunson and Flynn? Uh, that's a question. I think they see Flynn as a little bit of a guy that can play off ball too, like on ball and off ball. Um, and then have you know, Flynn Brunson and Van Vliet as their three ball handler types that can, yeah, Van Vliet and Flynn can both play off ball too. So I think that they'd be just looking looking at him in that. If I think Flynn is you know, thought of to be a Van Vliet clone. But that, that's the sort of role that he can play. You're playing both positions. And whereas Brunson is more of a of a one, a strictly a one, and uh you would play his twenty minutes a night and you know, it doesn't it wouldn't bode well for um Flynn's uh yeah, upside this season, but his upside this season's not that great with Dragic here at the moment, I don't think. And then Dragic starts next to Dontich? Uh nah, I don't think so. I think they'd start Hardaway, wouldn't they? Hardaway and then Reggie Bullock, does he start or come off the bench? That's a tough one. It depends what they do at the center position. Do they start Porzingis at center? Or do they put Porzingis and Kleber, Porzingis and um, who else have they got there? Uh, Corey Stein. I think if they trade Powell and Brown, then you're probably going to have Finney Smith at the four. And then you're going to have Bullock Hardaway or Dragic Hardaway. Yeah, they could start Dragic there. But yeah, I, I think Dragic is probably better suited to a sixth man role at this point. Um, Derek Favors, 106. Bojan Bogdanovic, 105. Kelly Olenek before that. Dylan Brooks, Kelly Oubre Jr. Um, Derek Favors, I know you like him um, early on. Oh, I don't like him at maybe that spot, though. We'll get, you, get your team off to a hot start, maybe. Yeah, I don't like him at that spot. I, I'd, I'd like to get him a couple of rounds later. And then, yeah, give me maybe top 100 value for the first two, three months of the year and then move on. Um the problem is they could also just decide that they're going to just start Isaiah Roby from day one and favors plays a bench role. I don't think they'll do that, but there is a huge possibility that they do that. And then even that beginning of the season value for him is, is cooked. Oh, I don't know what they're going to do with that. Um, it is a tough one because they're notoriously tight-lipped. We'll get an idea, I guess, in the preseason as to where favors' value lies. So while I, I think they start him and he gets 25 a night, 26 a night maybe, it, the, the confidence I have in that happening is... Is non-existent. You're on the board, Josh. What are you going to do? Okay. What am I going to do? That is a very, very good question. Um, I might... Yeah, let's do this. Uh, ooh, actually. All right. Oh, All right, let's go with... 
the flatulent one, Farton Will Barton. I think he's going to have a pretty big role. No Jamal Murray. Um, healthy. Um, never never met a shot he doesn't want to take. Um, yeah, and, and he can handle the ball a little bit as well. Uh, yeah. It's maybe a little bit early for him, but I just wanted to get get a scorer type in there. I had another guy that I was debating that I'll probably go with my next pick, assuming that you don't screw me. Uh, I might try and do that again. That'd be funny. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take... A little bit of an upside here with my next two picks. Try to. Oh, can I? Can I guess? I think you're taking Josh Giddy. Um, I am. Yes. Yeah. He was. He's definitely one of the two. So yes, I'm going to take Josh Giddy. Um, normally I shy away from rookies, and I've ended up with two in this mock draft. But Jalen Green at 90 and Josh Giddy at 110. Um, even if Giddy, you know, five or six um, rebounds and assists, um, I do take a hit in scoring having both Josh Giddy and Draymond Green, but. Hopefully, we've got enough scoring around them. The other one, um, for some upside, not a big scorer, but hopefully some defensive stats. And a three, going to take Jaden McDaniels. Oh, he was he was a guy that I was debating, and I was I was hoping he might slide through to the, the next round, which he wasn't going to. But at pick 112, I'm going to get my depressed penis on, and I'm going to take Sadiq Bay. At this spot, not sure there's a huge amount of upside, but just getting some some solid three-point shooting, some scoring in there, some okay numbers. Again, I'm not looking particularly sexy at this stage, but I think that I think he's got a pretty solid floor in that area and um, helps out what my team was lacking, I think, in that area. Kyle Anderson has now just been selected at 113. I think that's pretty good value for Anderson. Yeah, I think we've got him projected around the 90, 90 to 100 spot. So, yeah, he's probably one that's fallen a little bit. I want to just highlight something as well, Matt, at the moment. like People know that I do not pay any attention to turnovers whatsoever in the draft. But at the moment, my team is projected to be the third best team for turnovers because you, you don't have to focus on turnovers to be good at turnovers. I, I'm, my team, I, have not, I, I turn it off when I'm drafting. It's not a part of my rankings at all yet. I am the third best team and very close to being the second best team for turnovers. Where are you in assists? I am absolutely second last. So there you go. And that's that's why. Look, if you if you don't get assists, you your turnovers go up. It's yep. it's very hard to get those two to both be good, and then you're just sacrificing pretty much every other category to do that. So this is, this is my yeah, thought process. I can still you know, me punting turnovers doesn't mean I'm bad at turnovers. I'm actually really really good at turnovers, but I'm not factoring that into any of the value when I'm drafting. Um, Larry Nance at 116. He's one I had in my queue. Jordan oh, Clarkson okay. before that, so some threes and scoring. Mo Bumba, um, don't mind that um, pick either if the minutes fall his way over Wendell Carter Jr. If the minutes fall his way, he smashes that. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as Wendell Carter, but we just don't know what Jamal Mosley is going to think with these guys. Uh, if they play 24 a night, Bumba will be this good. Um, I probably would have hoped to have let that slid through, but it might not get there. So I, I don't mind it. Again, you're taking a bit of lottery tickets at this point in round 12. Um, we're doing 14 rounds in this one again. I think it's the fairest way for drafts to do is to have 14 rounds, Matt, so that everyone gets a chance to pick you know, the same amount of times at each position versus like you know, if you pick first, you get seven spots there and six last. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So I think 14 is the way to go. Plus, I think extending a bench is a good way to go about things as well. Yes, I love a big bench. After t- uh, Larry Nance goes Timmy Hardaway and then Keldon Johnson. People are very high on Keldon Johnson this year, Matt. Now, his value in a points league is better than in a category league. I... 
his lack of categorical versatility really, really limits what he can do. I think he will get more usage, but it's like a worse Andrew Wiggins in terms of what he does across the board in other areas. Yeah, we spoke about him on the tier show and just oh, yeah. the lack of three steals and blocks is and, just and horrendous. Yeah, and like it comes out to like two or two point two when you combine all three categories. It's just it's, it's like Ryan Anderson, Ryan Anderson style. A lack of I don't think Ryan Anderson had a season where he averaged less than two assist steals and blocks combined. Yeah. And it's just so hard to like deal with that. It's good as a categorical specialist, but that's like what you do in the the last pick sort of area. So after um, Calden Johnson, Thad Young, who we don't know what team he's going to play for. Spurs people are just not even bothering to assume he's playing on their team and we don't know where he's going. And then uh, the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate goes to end round 12. I think he gets a significant boost with the... Um, the absence of John Wall because most likely he just moves in to be the starter now, I would guess. I would think so as well. Yeah, so really like that pick of Jay Sean Tate at 120. Um, what are you thinking about doing in your last couple of picks? Are you just rounding out need? Are you rounding out positions? Are you just trying to take the best player available? Are you looking for upside? I probably... I think one of them, it'll be a bit of a swing. It'll be an upside pick. Um, and the other one will probably be just one to sort of you know, lock in the, the the last bit of categorical need that, that I that I have. Maybe I need, because I've only got like one, two, three, four guard eligible players for three starting spots. So maybe I, I need to probably get myself one more guard just to give myself um, your know, games played and streaming flexibility through the week. But, um, it's more going to be like a flyer and, and, one, and then probably that guard, whether they tie in together or not remains to be seen. Um, Jamal Murray goes at the start of the 13th round. I wouldn't be bothering to draft Jamal Murray personally. Tyler Hero, uh, oh, Brooke Lopez, Tyler Hero, Nick Batum uh, at 122, 123, 124. What's your thoughts on the headmaster? Um, I don't think there's any real need to... To draft him, although once, like you said before, if we do have three IR spots, maybe then yeah, that's going to be a, a stash, but I just can't see it paying off. De'Anthony Melton at 125, really like that. Nicholas Batum before um, as well, but yeah, like that Melton pick. What are you doing with TJ Warren? Uh, I'm not drafting him either. That indefinitely tag is super scary. Um, and yeah, in a 10 or 12 team league, I don't think there's any need to draft TJ Warren. I'll tell you who I want here because it doesn't matter because you're picking after me. Uh, I want Malik Beasley. Okay. Um, just because I, I think at the moment, of the, ca- the categories that I'm really caring about, a, a steer, uh, sorry, a threes is my worst one. And I just need, I think he can hit two, two and a half threes. Even if his role is reduced, he'll still go out there and bang in threes. Um, so he's the guy that I am looking for in that spot. Isaiah Roby, I think is a pretty solid pick. He just went. At number 126, as I talked about with him in favors, if he starts and plays 28 minutes, and I think he beats this number pretty easily, Roby. And yeah, there are some Thunder people who think he's not even a rotation guy moving forward, and some people think that maybe he could be their center of the future. So it's just all up in the air with him, mate. It is, and I was just about to add Roby to my queue, so no need to do that now. Um, we're up to pick 127, um, two picks away from yours. Dame time is on the clock. I've still got a queue of six players. Um, so we'll definitely land a couple of those. Nicholas Claxton, and then someone's just picked Kawhi Leonard, well, which I'm not sure why. Yeah, well, both of those guys, had I have no interest in picking. Can you? I'm going to make my pick. Talk about why we're not drafting Claxton. Um, I just think they're going to play 
small and they've got obviously LaMarcus Aldridge has come back into the fold. Blake Griffin's still there. Kevin Durant will slide over. I just don't think they like playing um, or they're going to give Nicholas Claxton enough minutes to to have any sort of value. You make your two picks and that's right. Like I think I like Claxton. I think he's their best defensive big man by a very, very long margin. I'd love to see them play 26 minutes a night, but with Aldridge Griffin, who's best position for some of people have argued me. And for some reason I decided to argue with people on Facebook posts, which is a terrible idea. And they were like, no, nah, Blake Griffin, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a power forward. So is uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Like my guys, they are not, they are not power forwards in any, they were five years ago or maybe three years ago. But they're not anymore. They really can't play. And if you play Griffin and Aldridge together, holy shit, good luck to you. Um, Those guys are centers. And Millsap's best position these days is center. Now, I think Millsap can play at the four a little bit. But the fact that you've got those three guys who can also play center, plus Claxo, it just means that he might play 20 a night. And it's just not enough. I need 25 a night, 24 a night. He's just not... The likelihood of that happening is very, very uh, unlikely. And then... Talk me through your... I'm talking... I've got 30 seconds. You talk while I yep. work out what I'm doing. Yeah, make your pick. So I took Jordan Paul at 130. Um, I think he can get off, get your team off to a hot start while they wait for Clay Thompson to come back. So some some scoring, some threes, maybe some assists as well. And then I was just sort of working through my team and seeing what I needed. And I feel I'm a centre short and in particular some rebounds. So I have taken Thomas Bryant um, I know I'll be waiting on him once again. If we didn't have um, two or three IR spots, maybe I wouldn't have taken him. But I think if I can get my team through the first part of the season, wait for Bryant to get back. I think he um, complements DeAndre Aiden, Robert Williams, um, yeah, really nicely. So um, a little bit of a, a long-term pick, but also someone who fits my my need as well. Yeah. Um... The pool one's really interesting. It's again, it's more of a, of a first half of the season thing until Clay comes back. Whereas Bryant's the opposite; he's the second half of the season thing. Who knows what they're going to do after that? Then I went with Duncan Robinson. I just really needed to get bring some threes into my team, so not necessarily high upside, but just helping what my team does. And then it was Pokiszewski, great upside pick. Don't know if it's going to pan out, but who cares? Kyle Kuzma, no interest in that whatsoever. And then Killian Hayes, which again is just pure upside, but which again is pro- I didn't go particularly high upside with that pick. For me, with Duncan Robinson, but you know, taking a Killian Hayes or, or a Pokiszewski, if it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Who cares? Uh, Reggie Jackson in that spot set. Like I wouldn't have taken Seth Curry there, Matt. Uh, just I don't see the upside in, in that sort of a selection for him. Um, Again, Scotty Barnes. I think there's no way that you would that it's going to work. But yeah, you know, after two games, you'll figure it out pretty quickly. And it, but it's no problem with taking him there. Yeah, and I like Reggie Jackson as well. I had him in my queue, so I think that's a it's a great one. A yeah. Pretty. Good um, the rounds and rounding out my queue as well. I had Kevin Herter in there just in case. Terrence Mann um, and Markel Fultz in case I was thinking I needed a point guard. Was there anyone left in your queue? Um, the, uh, I was thinking Joe Ingles. Uh, he was a, an option for me there. Uh, Al Horford was an option for me. Bobby Portis, Patrick Williams, that, and, and even LaMarcus Aldridge was in that mix for me there too. So we've got two picks left after Scotty Barnes and... Aiden letting the clock run down again. I mean, is he or is he running on Australian internet? That's how bad it's going. Let's see. See how did, I'm just going to run through Aiden's team. So yeah, Luca obviously was the auto pick, and then Shea, Ben Simmons, Gordon Hayward, Christian Wood, Kevin Porter, Vucevic, Jamarant, Marcus Smart. So not a bad core. He ended up with Lou Dort with that pick, and then Shumra Kiki goes with the last pick again. These are guys you can take a flyer on. I think Lou Dort is horribly overrated for fantasy. He played 31 minutes a night last year and didn't crack the top 200. 
he just yeah, and that was with that little stretch down the end where they just kept feeding him usage and it it, it didn't go well for his efficiency. I think he's just horribly overrated from a fantasy perspective. I love him as a defender, but yeah, I, yeah. the overratedness of his uh, fantasy game is um is well, that's not what I want. Let's bring that screen in and bring Matt back on the screen. That that will do it, Matt, for our uh, mock draft. Let's I'm gonna go in. And just have a look at how all this projects from a projected standings point of view over on Basketball Monster. Um, well, my team came out way on top. Pretty happy with that. But that's again... Of, of course it did, Josh. because yeah, we're using my projections. Of course, I'm, yeah. I'm going to come out number one. But I'm happy with how dominant it looks on that. It gives me a fair buffer there. Then it goes to Team Booker, JS. Uh, and then Jake, which is Aiden's team. Then you. Then Nam the Man, Diddy Kong. This is the way. Dame Time and the certified big booty lover. He's uh, staying down the bottom, which his name would suggest that he might enjoy. Okay, so run through your team, Matt, before we go. Tell us how that yeah, ends up looking. Okay, so in position order, so De'Aaron Fox, then Bradley Beal, Tyrese Halliburton, Paul George, Draymond Green, Robert Williams. So that's my um, core. So hopefully I've got enough assists to be um, competitive with Fox, Beal, Halliburton, Draymond, the scoring with Bill Fox, um, Paul George, DeMar DeRozan, um, rebounds with Aiton, Robert Williams, um, Paul George, good rebounder as well, Bradley Bill, maybe short on blocks with just Aiton and Robert Williams, and so that's why I took Thomas Bryant at the end. Um, threes, I think I'm okay in steals, maybe with Fox, Halliburton, Paul George, Draymond Green. I think my team's, um, yeah, quite nicely well-rounded. And like I said, really like that core. Took some flyers late with Jalen Green, PJ Washington, Josh Giddy, Jaden McDaniels, Jordan Paul, and then, like I said, Thomas Bryant um, to sit on my bench. And hopefully I've done enough early to carry him and then he can give me um, a nice run home. So my team, we've got Colin Sexton, Devin Booker, Kyle Lowry, Jason Tatum, Maga Porter Jr., Christos Porzingis, Joel Embiid, Yusuf Nurkic, Mitch Robinson, Dan Gafford. So they're like my best 10 guys there. Obviously, pretty heavy on centers with five centers in that in that starting group, and there is absolutely some risk with having Porzingis and Embiid on the same team, and you're hoping that Gafford and Robinson can do what we think they can do. While I say there is risk there, like the way I've projected those guys out isn't crazily high. Like they could do way more than I've projected them to, but they could also do way less. So they are risky picks, but I just went went for it, went all in, and, and just said, let's see how this goes. Because if it, it does pan out, then it is a pretty strong team. But if be honest, if everyone comes out best case scenario, I think I think it'll be tough to beat. But you know, there's probably a thirty percent chance of that happening. Then my bench has Will Barton, Sadiq Bay, Malik Beasley, Duncan Robinson, because that just again ties into what we say all the time, Matt. You can get threes late, like threes you can find anywhere. So if you don't have many threes early on, don't worry. You can just grab them with those last picks. There are plenty of guys available who can help you with some threes uh, towards the end of a draft. If I have a look at how my team looks in the end, I talked about turnovers. In the end, my team had was second best for turnovers behind JS's team. Uh, my team yeah, projects out to average 1.89 turnovers, and his was 1.67. Um, so yeah, my, my, my team, again, I didn't focus on that, but... Yeah, I can I can deal with having low turnovers on that squad because my assists and steals are really, really poor. And that's how I was trying to build that team once I went with Tatum. That wasn't a huge focus for me. And then I tried to let everyone else go early for those point guards and let some other players slip through to me, which in a lot of mock drafts that I do, the team that finishes at the top on projected standings nearly always seems to be a team that is punting assists. Or the teams that are really low on assists tend to be up, up the top there because there is such a rush for point guards that it can lead to people um, panicking with those picks, Matt. 
Yeah, it can. And like, like we know that if you want to be strong in a CIS, you're going to get them early. The only issue that I have if you don't want to be competitive in a CIS or you're looking at other areas is you really need to make sure you get enough steals and threes um, elsewhere. Yep, and I, I just pissed threes off, uh, steals off completely, and I grabbed my threes with a Mimbley, Beasley, Duncan Robinson, Will Barton towards the end, Sadiq Bay. Like, that's what these guys are going to do. Like, all of those guys can hit two to three, probably you know, three plus in Duncan Robinson's case, to really help build my team uh, out in that category. Plus, it doesn't hurt that Porzingis and Embiid, two of my centers, can hit threes too. So, that, that helps in, in that area. Matt, I reckon we've been going long enough on this podcast. I've kept you long enough. Thank you for jumping in and doing a mock draft here with me. 10-team, nine-category mock draft. If you are watching this down below, well, if not if you're watching it down below, if you are watching this, in a comment below, tell us which team you like the best, but also tell me what other what, what you want my next mock draft to be. Like what, what sort of style mock draft do you want? Or one of the upcoming ones, let me know in the comments. You know, some people say, Josh, can you do a 20-team salary cap draft that has three-point percentage, assist-to-turnover ratio, offensive rebounds, because that's what my leg is? I'm not going to do something that specific, but if you give me an idea of what sort of mock you want next, Matt. People can follow you over on Twitter at S-Man Sports, as always, and check out all of your written stuff at basketballmonster.com. Thanks again for, uh, for coming on. Anytime, Josh. Thank you.